You're listening to the Diabetic Running Podcast, helping people run their blood sugars one workout at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Diabetic Running Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Fody. Today on the show, I have Taryn Treadway. Taryn is the chapter leader for the brand new Type 1 Run Flagstaff. Like me, Taryn is a late-onset Type 1 diabetic. But unlike me, Taryn is freaking fast. As an ex-collegiate runner, Taryn has raced in everything from the 1 mile to the 10K and has raced for both Boise State and Northern Arizona University. Now, as a teacher in Flagstaff, Taryn is becoming an advocate in the diabetic running community, first off by starting a chapter of Type 1 Run, and secondly by kicking butt in all the races she's about to compete in. But you can tell for Taryn it's more than just racing and winning. Like most of us, as a Type 1 diabetic, she just wants to feel connected. And not just to the Type 1 community or the running community, but to ourselves. And to give a huge shout out to the Type 1 Run team. That's what they do. Not only do they connect us to other Type 1s and other runners, but they connect us to our own diabetes. And they do it in a way that would be really hard without the support of others. So a huge shout out to James and Craig for everything they do over there in California. Because without them, chapters like Terrence wouldn't be possible. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show so you can get new episodes delivered straight to your phone every week. Also, if you'd like, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Diabetic Running Podcast. And without further ado, here's my interview with Taryn. Taryn, what's up? Hi, nothing. How are you? How's it going? It's good. How was your workout this morning? Uh... So I ran this morning. I was uh-huh. supposed to run 16 yesterday. I don't, at some point, I just didn't. I don't. I think like we hung around all day, and I made the mistake of drinking coffee and right. sitting around <laughs> till one. And so I ended up just running a 5K yesterday, and then I did another couple miles today, and I just kind of called it in for the weekend. But I ended up doing. Yeah. I haven't CrossFitted for years, but I did a CrossFit workout with a buddy of mine. Oh, um, nice! I've never tried that. I've always been interested. When I, it's been, I'm aging myself, but when I was in college and I graduated Uh in 2012, Uh it was like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. It was like really blowing up. And at some point, you know, I I went in the army and I started running a lot more and I kind of got farther away from it, but it's fun. It's, it's like the running community, but the camaraderie is like a little bit stronger. You know what I mean? Like a CrossFit gym. Right. Right. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, you can go in there and immediately make like friends and people will be asking you to dinner and it's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> How about you? Well, are good. You, are you enjoying your Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, yeah. You know, we're we're not really big football fans, but we um Sunday's usually my rest day, so I didn't really do too much today, so just kind of getting caught up before the week, so it's been good. That's funny cuz I feel like most people do long runs on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I did in college. Um Sunday was like our big day for long runs and Saturday was more of a rest day, but I don't know. It works better with my schedule now to do it this way. I'd like to start by saying thanks for coming on the show. And it means a lot to me that you would come on and I've tried to like slowly pick off all of the type one, one chapter leaders so that I could kind of have not only a good base for like people that are advocates about type one and running, but also kind of help type one run out in terms of giving them a platform to talk and pitch, you know, their different chapters. So Right. Totally. Well, it's, it's a really great opportunity and it's something, you know, I'm, I have type one diabetes and I really believe in running. So I was excited when you asked me. Yeah. And so if you could start talking to us a little bit about when you started running, normally I ask most people to talk a little bit about their diagnosis story, but I think for you, it seems more significant to start talking about when you started running. So 
Tell yeah, me a little definitely. bit about your first experience with running. Oh, gosh. So I grew up dancing, actually. So I was into ballet and competitive dancing. And it kind of came to the point in high school where I had to make the decision. It was tryout stay for cross country or the dance team. And the cross country coach um, had actually been talking to my parents because Flagstaff is a very small community. And yeah. so um, my cross country coach in high school was Trina Painter. She's a pretty renowned um, runner. She went to the Olympic uh, the trials and she runs a lot. So she was talking to my mom and kind of just said, you know, Taryn has really long legs. She should try going out for running. <laughs> and it was really weird because I just, it was split of the moment and I made the decision to go for the cross country team instead of dance. And I made it on the varsity squad my freshman year and just kind of kept running from there. Um, so yeah, so I ran four years in high school. We won three state championships, um, in cross country and several more, Oh. On our track relay teams. Um, so so yeah, you did track so, and cross country? Yes. So long, longer distance in track. Um, but actually in high school, I was very against the long distance, which is kind of funny as my story continues. But in high school, it was more the mid-distance. So 800 and mile were my events. And it was like pulling teeth to get me to run the two mile. <laughs> yeah. But what were... Uh, like what were, what were your training weeks looking like then? So like how did it differ training um, weeks from track to cross country in so terms of mileage? Top, like I, you hear about a lot yeah. of cross country programs in high school. They, you know, might average between, you know, 20 to 40 miles and then people hit college and all of a sudden they're hitting 60, 70, 80 mile weeks. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of exactly what happened. Um, my high school coach had done a lot of research, so she really wanted to make sure that we wouldn't burn out too easily yeah. um, or, you know, get hurt and things like that. So I really didn't top out much over 45, 50 miles a week in high school. Wow. Um, and track was much less mileage wise and just kind of more intensity as far as faster workouts on the track. Um, but then I, I ended up going on several college visits and I, I got recruited to Boise State in Idaho with a scholarship. And when I got there, um, I went through a series of two different coaches and, and I really connected well with my first coach and he was more, um, of the, the belief of go off of how your body feels. And I, for some reason discovered that I was really good at long distance. So I was one of the furthest, um, distance mileage training programs. That was my program when I went to Boise state. So mm -hmm. I was into running quite a few miles. And I think my top, my freshman and, and sophomore year at Boise state was about 80 miles a week. That's kind of what I did. Wow. Um, and I was racing five K's and just starting to get into 10 K's. And then that coach transferred schools and we ended up getting another coach in from Iowa state that had just won a ton of national championships. So the caliber of our program kind of went up when we got that new coach in. Um, and we started running around a hundred miles a week, which was a big jump. <laughs> um, and it was great. You know, it was, it was good. It felt good. We would go on, you know, 20 mile long runs on Sunday and probably five days a week were two a days. And, you know, it was, it was quite a lot of running. Um, yeah. but unfortunately my senior year, I think I kind of, that wasn't great for me because I ended up having quite a few injuries. I had a stress fracture in my left foot, third metatarsal, which then because of overcompensation caused pretty bad plantar fasciitis in my right heel. Um, so it, it kind of, you know, ended up not being so great. And so my senior year, I didn't race a whole lot, but, um, then I took my 
last year of eligibility up here where I'm from to NAU, Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff. And that was a completely different program. Again, it was more focused on low mileage, higher intensity, and that ended up being great for me. So I finished out with one of my best seasons that I've had. So That's I've insane, done a lot of different programs. NAU is one of the best, is one of the best cross country programs in the country, right? It is, especially for the men's team. The women are starting to catch up now, but yeah, our men's team has won several national championships. So yeah, I, I'm a fanboy for some of the Flagstaff runners, yeah. especially on the ultra scene <laughs> around there. And so, uh, yes. like I don't, I'm sure you've heard of like the Cook Indiana Cowboys. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm really good friends actually with Tim Frerichs and Cody Reed, who are both um, on that team. Yeah, so. you, you would be. That's, I'm jealous now. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's. Um, I love the flight staff running community. I loved running in Boise and, you know, of course running for any university is a great opportunity and I got to travel a lot and, you know, race a lot, but it's like, there's something about people who just love running and that's kind of what drew me into the type run program. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, running is hard. (laughs) And as I'm sure, you know, you go through lots of ups and downs without having type one diabetes and running. And so when there's days when I get out of bed and I think I don't want to run today. God, right. Yeah. It it's terrible. It's and then hard. a mile, it's, a mile in, you're like, I'm so glad I decided to run today. Yes. Yeah, totally. And I think there's a lot of people that don't realize how many things can go through your head just with running, you know, the weather, the, <laughs> do I feel good today? Did I eat at the right time? You could run a mile and then hit a complete wall and then not feel good anymore. And so I think when somebody loves running, when, when a group of people love running, it, it really brings them closer. So I think that's, what's cool about Flagstaff. Yeah. And so if you could kind of talk about getting out of college and when you got diagnosed and kind of how you made that transition. Yeah. So I graduated from Boise State in 2014 and then I went to NAU for a year immediately after that. So until 2000 through 2015. And then I immediately got a position here in Flagstaff at an elementary school as a first grade teacher. Um, So that was an adjustment in itself because I had been used to having my workout scheduled in to my days, um, you know, as a college athlete, that's, mm-hmm. that's just kind of part of it. You plan your classes around your practice times. And so that was really difficult because I began working and it was like, okay, well now I have this eight to five job and I know that I want to continue running, but I'm also so tired after juggling 23, six year olds all day that I can't run after school. And, um, so yeah, it was a big discovery that in itself. And I kind of gave up running a little bit for, um, when I first got my teaching job and then I realized that I loved it and I wanted to race recreationally and get back into it. And so I did that for two years. And then this year in August, uh, was when I was diagnosed. So I was just coming off of summer. Um, my fiance and I had just bought a house and it's been, it was a very crazy season. So I thought I was just really tired. Yeah. Uh, I start, you know, I had all the basic symptoms as now you read about, but I had no idea. Yeah. So um, classic. So classic, you know? Yeah. So thirsty and all that. And my fiance actually is works in the emergency room here in Flagstaff and he is a tech right now, but he's getting his nursing degree. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of telling him all of my symptoms. And there was one day we were working in my classroom this past summer, getting it ready for the school year. And he kind of just looked at me and went, would you please just test your blood sugar? You know, I, I don't want to scare you, but you have a lot of symptoms of what I've read about is diabetes. And at that point, you know, of course, I didn't know anything about it now. Now it is like, well, of course, it's not type two. But back then I was thinking, well, it's got to be type two. You know, I wasn't diagnosed as a kid and all the classic thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sure enough, I went into an urgent care and 
they tested my blood sugar and it was in the 500s. Yeah. And um, yeah, so immediately started insulin that day. And I think, you know, looking back on it now, and I'm, I'm sure everybody's story is similar, but a little bit different. It was, I was in so much shock and it just, you know, you go through the motions and you do what you have to do. And I was just telling Ryan, my fiance yesterday that I remember having to wake up at 3am to test your blood sugar when you're first diagnosed, you know, as we all did and just dreading that poke, you know, I didn't want to poke my finger. I didn't want to give insulin. And I still dread it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really tough. And I completely gave up running from the day I was diagnosed. I just, I had actually kind of slowed down running before that because I was feeling so tired. Um, but yeah, I just, I completely gave it up. I wasn't, I was scared. You know, I was thinking, okay, I have this insulin now in my body and you hear horror stories of going low. And I just, I totally gave it up probably for a good month and a half, two months. Um, and then every time I'd see my endocrinologist, you know, within that first month and a half or talk to the diabetic specialist, they would say, you know, you can try running. It's you're fine. You can try it. But I just, I just didn't want to. And I don't know, there was one day when I just decided to go out and I ran two easy miles and I noticed a difference right away on my blood sugar. Um, it was, you know, I think when everybody first gets diagnosed, it's hard to start to get it to be controlled. Um, right at the very beginning, just to get it back down to a normal range. And I really struggled with that that first month. It was like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the 300 range and I was eating low carb and I was trying everything and I just couldn't, I couldn't get why I wasn't able to control it. And then it was like, once I reintroduced running into my routine, it was almost immediate. I noticed a difference. And, um, so yeah, I think I had, I had mentioned to you, I, ran into the beyond type one campaign that was doing the marathon, um, in New York. And obviously, you know, a marathon wasn't, wasn't in the stars for me quite yet, but I had messaged them and they put me in contact with the Abbott 5k dash, um, in New York. And for some reason I felt like it was something I needed to do to kind of kick me back into gear. And so I did, I, I didn't really train very much at all, but I raced the race and it felt great. And I was able to do it and not, you know, drop low or, do anything like that. And so I think it was just a good opener to remind myself that it doesn't matter. You know, you can have type one diabetes and still do everything. Absolutely. It's weird how lined up our timelines were. So I was at the end of June that I got diagnosed. And so I was about 30 days ahead of you, um, struggling with it. And I was the same way. I like, you know, I had never given myself a shot for, I was, I'm still terrified of needles, but I've always had a needle phobia. Like I've hated needles. And so they sent me home that day. They're like, yeah, you have type one diabetes, you know, you're a pilot and you're never going to mm-hmm. fly again. Um, and here's a needle, mm-hmm. go home and stick yourself. Right. And they didn't even give me fast acting insulin. They only gave me Lantus. And so all, oh that's gosh. all I had. And yeah. cause they were still trying to see like, you know, is he really a type one? You know, right. I hadn't seen right. the endo yet. So they just mm-hmm. sent me home with Atlantis and I sat in the bathroom for about an hour holding the needle yep. and just staring <laughs> at it and then staring at myself and just building yeah. up the courage to give myself this first injection. Um, yep. but I remember totally. when I did about 45 minutes later, like my whole body was tingling and I was like in a bliss <laughs> and I just fell asleep. Um, yep. but I was the same way. I was terrified to run like for weeks. Yep. I would wake up in the morning, um, and I would be like, oh, I'm going to try and run today. And then I just want it, you know, I would be scared right. that I was going to go low or pass out or something. And I, yeah, right. it took me right. about a month, I think before I started getting to the point where I was like really hammering hard again, but yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. And I actually, um, one of my very best friends that I ran with, um, all throughout high school and she ran in college as well. Um, 
her mom is actually a type one diabetic. And so I grew up around somebody having it. Um, but of course, as you do with everyone, I never asked questions and never really, you know, tried to educate myself. And um, yeah, I so, get coffee. You're so blind to it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I get coffee with her quite frequently now um, that we have that in common. And uh, I was just telling her, you know, when you're initially diagnosed, I'm just like you. I'm terrified of needles. I mean, my whole family jokes about it that there's I can't believe that this is this is what I ended up with in this life. Yep. You know, I'm, I, I per, I'm living my own personal nightmare. Yes, absolutely. And but I, I Annie is the mom's name. I, I was talking with her and you know, when I was first diagnosed, you would have never thought what a mental journey type one diabetes is. You know, you think, oh, okay, well, right away, okay, that means no carbs, but I love pasta. I'm a runner, you know, well, that's going to be hard, but that's okay. And yeah. oh, needles, that's going to be really hard. And, but you never think about all of the different mental things that are going to come with it. You know, now I have a different relationship with food and you have a different relationship with running. I, I, have always loved running and I still love running, but now it means something different in that it can also help me. Um, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And, and you say that story of you sitting in the bathroom with the needle and it's so funny, you know, I, you, I went through the needle injections and then I, I got a Dexcom and I ended up switching from Dexcom recently to the freestyle Libre. And the first time I put in the Libre, it took me about six hours because that's spring loaded. <laughs> and it yeah. was like, I, I can't do this. And so you're still um, on injections. You're not on a pump. I am. Yeah. yeah, I am. And I'm not positive if I'm still in the honeymoon phase or if it's because I have upped my training quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'm kind of at the point where I think that I would drop too low if I were on a basal insulin. So we're just kind of sticking with the long acting for right now. Um, but yeah, so well, I mean, so you only take a long acting insulin every day. I, I only take a long acting. I do take fast, short acting. So I do, I do take Novolog. Um, oh, okay. I was about to say, Dang. but yeah, <laughs> I was but like, I'm I don't pretty jealous. Take it super. I don't take it super often. Um, yeah. just depending on what I'm going to eat, yeah. you know, as you know, um, when I have a long run the following morning, I'll still do a carbo load, just, you know, obviously not with a ton of pasta, just in a different way. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely take Novolog for that. But I'll tell you, I immediately, I think like a couple months after I got diagnosed, I went on a pump and okay. today is actually the first full day since I started on the pump that I've come off it. So really, because yeah, tomorrow's my birthday and I wanted to do like a pump vacation for my birthday. Yeah. And so yeah. Today was the first day in a long time that I've been on, you know, Lantus. It's been like, yeah, yeah. like five months, five or six months. And so, wow. And it's kind and of, it's super liberating, like just not having <laughs> yeah. to worry. Like last night I slept like a dream, like not having yeah. to worry about my pump being wrapped around me in the middle of the night. Right. And that's, that's cool. And I remember, you know, when I was first diagnosed, my endocrinologist, the first thing she said was we're getting you on a pump as soon as possible, you know, as soon as possible, no questions about it. And I think, um, I'm very type a, so I, if you saw my journal, it would be embarrassing. I mean, I keep, I kept, I have let up a little bit to kind of let myself live outside of the diabetes world, but oh, yeah. I kept a journal of every little tiny thing that I did that day and ate and injections I gave. And yeah. I was able to really surprise myself with, you know, being able to control it the, as much as I had just within the first three months. And I think then the next time I saw my endocrinologist, she kind of saw that it's kind of been my goal to make it to our wedding without a pump. I know that's a silly goal because it's yeah. so, you know, it's, it, it's a pump. It doesn't matter. It keeps you, you know, surviving. It shouldn't matter, but that's kind of been our goal. And our wedding is in October. And so 
the next time I went in to see my endocrinologist, she kind of gave me the go ahead to try with injections as long as I can. Yeah. I got <laughs> married I, three weeks after I got diagnosed three or four weeks. And I was, yep. I was terrified. Like I was, yep. I was like about to go to the altar and I'm like hammering like all these snacks behind stage. Right. And I'm so scared that I'm going to pass out while I'm trying to say my vows. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah. I did the exact same thing. So I logged every single carb, every single unit of <laughs> insulin, every single workout for the longest yep. time. But then I realized it was causing me so much anxiety every yes. day because I was trying to frantically record everything. Yep. But I wasn't enjoying meals. You know, I wasn't enjoying sitting down because right. I felt like I had to log everything. Right. And luckily the Dexcom helped because I, I was able to yep. just stop, you know, because it kind of started recording all that data for me. And mm-hmm. and then when I went on a pump, you know, it records all of the insulin data for you. So I, I will say I'm I'm off the pump right now, but the pump sucks two times. It sucks at night when you want to just be free and not have to worry about this thing and you can roll around yeah. as much as you want. Um, and I, I really don't like it for running because I'd rather mm-hmm. not have to have an extra thing on me and like it tucked in my belt or, you know what I mean? Worry about right. like slow at, or fast acting insulin, like making my blood sugar drop or whatever. But the rest of the day, it's awesome. Like at work, yes. when you're going out with friends, when you're at dinner, it's amazing. Right. Because and you can just is... micro bolus, you know, you're like, Ooh, I might right. be, that was probably more carbs than I think you can just, you can just right. bolus as much as you want. And it's awesome without having to like pull out a needle. Totally. That's, and that's definitely the cool thing that, you know, I'm looking forward to in the future, because like you said, I mean, it's very similar with me with the journal. It was getting to the point and I'm sure you're this way too, being a runner. Food is important (laughs) and always has been to me. You know, I, I love my meals and I look forward to my meals. And every time we go on vacation, it's planned around what kind of food we're going to eat. And Uh it became just this really ugly relationship with Mm -hmm. food, because like you said, you're recording it 24 seven and you're looking at, oh, I ate a sweet potato last night and this is what it made my blood sugar do. I'm never going to eat that again. And, um, yeah, so I think, um, kind of like going away from the pump, just kind of letting go of something like the journal, um, for a while was liberating, um, for, for me as well, but the pump is, it definitely has its perks and I look forward to hopefully utilizing that in the future, maybe after our wedding. (laughs) Yeah. And what else, I think the other thing the pump really helped me with was not being afraid of insulin. I uh-huh. I was so scared for a long time to give myself like fast acting insulin. Like I thought like, oh, well, I can only give myself this one shot. And then the rest of, you know, the next six hours has to be revolved around what I did right. just then. Right. Whereas on the pump, you think like, okay, well, you know, I'll kind of count those carbs. You know, I think maybe that's mm-hmm. 40 grams. And you give yourself insulin and you just live your life. You know, you don't think about it for two hours. You look at right. your Dexcom an hour and a half later and you think, oh, I might need a little more. And you just give yourself a little more and it takes away the stress of right. dosing insulin. You know what I mean? It, it, you don't have to think as much. It just gives you so much more freedom. And Right. Um, having totally. said that, I'm not wearing it right now. So it's kind of, a, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could, I could give yeah. great advice all day, but I'm not going to lie. Right. Those days where I really missed being on pins and. Yep. Yeah, I can see I can see both sides. I I kind of recently discovered um split dosing, which I was like you I think when I first started it was like okay, well I'm going to eat this this many carbs, so let me give, you know, 7 units of Novolog and then I'd end up dropping low because nobody tells you about the timing issue <laughs> with nobody. Yeah. nobody. yeah. Yeah. I had to that's... learn that on my own from Instagram. Yep. Yep, totally. Well, and that I think that's what I tell everyone is Diabetes is so crazy to me because, you know, they have the diabetic specialist and they have everyone who's trying to help you, but they send you home with this insulin that's 
dangerous and nobody tells you how to do it because there's so many different ways that you can. Mm -hmm. And it's such a trial and error thing or researching on your own or looking through, thankfully, that such the amazing type one community on social media, you know, to, to kind of teach you how to do this. <laughs> yeah. But, and I, yeah. To the next level too. I, I was doing all that like you were. And then mm -hmm. I was also trying to figure out like, what kind of insulin should I be on when I run? What should I eat before yeah. I run? And I didn't have, right. at the time I hadn't found type one run. I didn't know about beyond type run. I didn't have really any resources other right. than, okay, let's just try it and see if I die today. Nope. Okay, right, that right. worked. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. And, and that mom friend that I was talking about, Annie, um, she was diagnosed when she was my age. Um, so about 35 years ago, she had just turned, I think 25, um, but back then when she was diagnosed, she was told she was not ever going to be able to run more than six miles. And she also ran in college and very avid runner. And so, you know, I think about that all the time. We are so lucky to live in, in a time and, and with communities like type run or beyond type one who positively advocate for running. Whereas, you know, there's so many people when they were diagnosed might've been told, Hey, you're not going to be able to do this ever again. I, I mean, that would be, that would be heartbreaking. So, yeah. Yeah. And real crazy. quick too. So, so that everyone knows who's listening, Taryn's not like a regular runner like me who just goes out and tries <laughs> as hard as he can. You've got like a five minute mile PR I'm here. I'm looking, I'm stalking you online, but oh. you've got like, you know, a 17 and change 5k. This is incredible. So <laughs> well, what are your, you. like, what are your goals now when it comes to running and races? Like what's your last race and how did that go oh, as a diabetic now in terms of timing? I yeah. guess in terms of like race timing, because I played tennis when I was in high school uh -huh. and much like a lot of people, when you stop playing a sport and you try and go back, it just frustrates you because you know how good you used to be. And so you just right. quit. Yeah. Is that totally. a problem that you have now or are you fast as um, You know, it's, it's kind of funny um, because you would think it would be that way. And I definitely, I mean, I don't think I could get out on the track right now and run my 5k or mile PRs by any means, but mm -hmm. When I'm out running, I am, I'm still running paces that I used to run. In fact, you know, if I throw a workout in there, I, sometimes I run faster than I ever did training wise during college. And I think it's just because running used to be more of a job, you know, it was paying my way through college and, and I loved it. And, but there was a lot of pressure, you know, to make the travel team and to run your best and make sure that you don't lose your scholarship. And I think now just the freedom of being able to train for me has actually made me run um, quite a bit faster. Um, I'm, I get very nervous on races and I don't anymore now that I'm not really competing for a team. Um, so I guess it's, I don't know. I think it's been actually more positive than I thought it would be. Um, my goals are just to start racing again. I, I kind of got out of the whole racing scene and then actually being diagnosed with type one has kind of lit the fire under me a little bit more. And yeah. so I think that I really kind of want to see what I can do. You know, it's kind of become this thing, more of a challenge, which I like challenges. So now it's like, Oh, you have this, you know, disease now and which is not a big deal, but now let's see what you can do with it. Can you beat that PR? Can you, yeah. can you run as fast as you used to? And, um, so yeah, I, I guess my goals are just to kind of get into a racing series consecutively and, and see how fast I can go. <laughs> Robin, our zone once said on Craig Steubing's podcast, Beta Cell, that she felt like she was a better athlete now that she's a diabetic. Would you go totally. as far? Would you go as far to say that? You know what? Honestly, I would. Um, I think 
you just, it's, it's a sense of discipline that I've never had before. And runners typically are disciplined to begin with, but now, you know, having controlled other things in my life, such as food and carbon take and insulin, now that I'm out on my runs, it's just, it's just more of a disciplined thing. It's like, I want to see how far I can push it today. And well, I should go that extra mile or see if I can come in at a, at a faster pace just to see and say that I can do it. Yeah. So I, I would agree with her statement. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's like another level of body awareness, you know, it's just one more thing that I have to stay in tune with, you know? Right. What does your diet look like now? Like, Um, I I want to say your fueling diet, like how do you fuel in order to maximize performance? Yes. So that's, that's been kind of difficult to figure out. Um, I think it was, that was really hard to accept being diagnosed with type one because I've always been known as kind of a psycho health nut. You know, I, I really have always watched what I eat. Um, so I've, I'm really into eating organic and things like that, but it, it was hard to discover that, Hey, you are a runner and you actually need more carbs than normal people do. And that's really hard when you're on a diet where carbs are kind of known as the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at the beginning it was like carb free completely, you know, it would take us like four hours to make dinner because we'd look up this recipe and plan it out <laughs> and do everything. And I mean, yeah. it was to the extreme and then it's kind of even out into, okay, I, I need some kind of fuel for my body. So I do need some form of carbs. So let's just, you know, do the normal meal that you would do, but just kind of alter it. So, you know, for example, lasagna before you might put more noodles in and now we're layering it with spinach and meat and, um, but making sure you do have some form of carb in there. Um, I've noticed that even our low carb lasagnas have about like 15 to 20 grams of serving just because the sauce and, you know, you can layer all the zucchini you want there and it's still going to at least throw a few carbs on top. So. Right, right. And my um, nerdiness running is going to come out now. But um, Shalane Flanagan, she's the one that just actually won the oh, New yeah. York Marathon. Of course. I'm sure you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, major diehard fangirl of her. And she has a cookbook out that she wrote with a friend called um, Run Fast, Eat Slow. And I, yep. I actually follow that. Yeah, I'm sure you know um, quite closely because it's more about using the good carbs, you know, the fruits and veggies carbs and the whole carbs and the um, you know, nut carbs and things like that. So even though it might come out to be a higher carb muffin than what I would have ever eaten when I was first diagnosed, I think that those carbs are good carbs and, and you need them as athletes, especially with, with running. Um, so that's, that's kind of what my diet looks like now. At Shalane Flanagan, hashtag Shalane Flanagan. <laughs> you got to reach out to Taryn. She's your biggest fan. <laughs> I'm sure she listens to the Diabetic Running Podcast. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't she? Right. <laughs> and so what was your last race? Uh, if for anyone who's following type one run and also follows the diabetic running podcast, the kind of the overlap is, is, is starting to kind of get greater and greater as you know, the community starts to grow in terms of type one and running. And I actually saw your post for the first time on type one run who made you the chapter mm-hmm. leader um, in Flagstaff. Right. Yeah. And so in that post, they had you, I think you had just finished a race and you just won a race. <laughs> Talk to me yes. about that. Was that before or after? Um, that was before. Um, that was last October. So um, like I said, I'm kind of into running the recreation races, but not as much as I probably should be because, you know, winning races is fun and <laughs> sometimes they offer prize money and, and I just, I hadn't really gotten into it very much. So that was actually in San Diego. Um, it was a 5k um, with uh, law enforcement and firefighters and um, kind of people in the public safety realm. Um, yeah, and you so, just decided so, yeah. to go and win. 
I did. <laughs> yeah, I went out and I didn't really yeah. think that no I was deal. going to do that well. And I that's kind of how I am, though, um, running now post-collegiately. Um, that's how my last race was the race in New York for Beyond Type 1. But that's how it was um, for that as well. I tell myself that I'm not going to stress about it. And then I get a mile in and realize that I'm up in the top pack. And then I become really incredibly competitive. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so my last race was the one in New York, the 5k and the one before that I had run a half marathon in Sedona, Arizona, which is the red rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very, I think it's ranked one of the top 10 toughest runs because it's very, very hilly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one as well, I came in second for the women out wow. of, I think 3000 people. And, but that was another one where I wasn't planning on running it very fast. And I yeah. just kind of got in the middle of it. And like I had mentioned earlier with the new diagnosis and running, I'm very much so a person of, Oh, you say I can't do that. Well, let me see what I can do. And so I'll kind of get in the middle of a race and see where I'm at and then really want to do better. Um, what's the next race? Yeah. So I am going to sign up in Flystaff because it's such a big running community. We have what's called the Flystaff running series and it's kind of just a series of five K's and 10 K's all throughout the summer. I think it's like 10 in a row, um, starting in May. Uh, I've never really said said the the sky running series. Yeah. The Flystaff running series. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've never signed up for it before because it's kind of a big commitment. Um, but I I am going to sign up for it this year. So we'll see. Lots of weekends filled with 5Ks and 10Ks. And I'm hoping once I get the group here started in Flagstaff, the type run group, that maybe we can convince some other people to join in on that. So, so. coming from someone who I'm going to call elite, <laughs> and you don't have to classify yourself as that. But to me, you are because <laughs> I don't talk to many no. super fast runners. But well, <laughs> How, what is your, what's your setup for success for like a, let's say you're going to go on a five mile training run at, you know, tempo or near tempo. What do you mm-hmm. do and what do you take with you in order to not only be a great runner, but you know, well controlled diabetic the whole time. Yeah. So that's changed a lot. Um, obviously as you can probably imagine, but I've always yeah. kind of been a runner, a classic runner that just likes to bring my shoes and put them on when I feel like running and just head out the door without stretching or anything, which isn't yeah. great. You know, it's not what you're supposed to do, but that's been, that's been difficult for me because I'm not one who likes to plan ahead and get things ready and be prepared. And so I would say now that's, that's really changed. And obviously, you know, especially when you're going out for a long run, or, or if you're in Flagstaff and you're on the trails, the trail system, there's not a whole lot of people out there. So, you know, you need to be safe. And so I, I would say, you know, the number one thing is to make sure you have what you need. I always bring um, honey with me, natural honey, because it's something that works fast. I've, I've noticed that the gels and things don't work for me because it spikes me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like something that I can just, when I'm, I'm starting to fall or I can feel my body starting to fall or I'm, you know, halfway through a long run, I'll just kind of take a little bit of the honey. Um, so I would say I, I'm prepared with the snacks like that. Um, I typically start my runs a little bit higher, um, as I'm sure most people do. Yeah. Um, and to make sure that I don't drop, I am lucky, you know, I've, I've read quite a few posts of people who exercise and then actually end up spiking because mm-hmm. of the exercise and, and the adrenaline. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't gotten to that point either, but yeah, they, you know, they say I, your diabetes changes over the years. Maybe I'll right. hit that at some point. I right, keep looking yes. out for it, but yeah, it hasn't happened to me yet either. Right. So I'm, I'm 
typically opposite of that. And I just need to make sure that I'm aware of my lows. Yeah. Um, Especially being on Lantus, you know, I mean, you've got her, whatever selecting insulin you're on, you know, you've got that in your system. So I mean, theoretically, if you're going on a long run, it should at least slowly trickle down. Right. Yeah. So I think that, um, that for being prepared also, I am really bad, but I've gotten better with my shoes. Um, I think running and shoes can cause a lot of injuries if you go too, too far, too many miles on those shoes. Um, and so I always write the date of, of the day that I start running in a new pair of shoes. That way I know, you know, typically only go 300 miles on a pair of shoes and make sure you change them out. (laughs) Yeah. Most of us don't have to worry about hitting 300 miles too quickly though. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess just be prepared. Um, and always tell people where I'm at. Um, Yeah. Do you run with your sensor or a pen or anything like that? I, I run when I was first diagnosed, I was running with insulin pens and my sensor, you know, and I had the Dexcom. So I had my phone and my watch and, you know, all that. Um, now I don't, I don't run with insulin. You know, I've, I've run enough times that I know that I'm not going to get so high that I need to correct. So Mm -hmm. all I run with now is just my freestyle Libre, um, reader and, Mm -hmm. and just my watch. So Um, you're not, you're not, and I'm not either. So, but maybe I will be at some point. You're not comfortable yet where you'll run and only trust your own senses in terms of you're getting low or not. Yeah, not quite. You know, honestly, I, there's, especially the past couple of runs, I've noticed that I'm not really checking. Um, you know, at the beginning it was like, Oh, what am I now? Oh, I spiked a little bit on that Hill. You know, I must use more, but now it's, it's more of, no, I, I'm not, I'm kind of getting back to the normal of just getting into the running, which is, which is nice. I I hope to be not so so dependent. That's (laughs) so funny. Cause it took me about, yeah, until recently to the point where I can go on a whole run and not Uh check my Dexcom to see what it is. And I just know that I know, okay, if it beeps at me, I'll look at it, but if not, I'm probably good. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what do you run with? What, what shoes are you running with these days? Uh, I run in Saucony uh, shoes. So I've switched quite a few times. Um, Boise was sponsored by Nike and uh, NAU was sponsored by Adidas. And mm-hmm. I ran in Asics for a while and Brooks for a while. And I've kind of settled in on the past three years sticking to Saucony. Um, it took a while to figure out which shoes worked once I had my foot injuries and my, my heel injury. Um, so I needed to make sure which ones, you know, were supportive enough and all that good stuff. So, um, right now, yeah, Saucony, Saucony seems to do the trick for me. Yeah. I'd like to take a second too, to talk about your type one run chapter and kind of how that's been going, reaching out to those guys and setting up your own, yeah. you know, shop and flex. Um, yes. So that was kind of, you know, kind of funny. I saw the announcement on Instagram from beyond type one that they had paired with type run. And immediately I sent in an email and I just kind of felt within me, you know, I know running a lot and I I feel like I want to take on this, this new thing. Um, so it's, it's been really fun, you know, watching all of the new chapter leaders pop up and how it's kind of spreading all over the world. I speak for all of the chapter leaders out there because I'm the South Alabama one that you're making us all look bad. If you keep running oh, as fast as you do. No, no. no. Um, no, it's, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm hoping that it'll start up here in the next couple of weeks. You know, it's kind of a crazy time of year, but, um, because the Flagstaff community is so big into running, um, I already know of about four type one diabetics that I think will be showing up to our community runs, but I think we're going to have quite a, quite an out 
outcome of people who just hear about it as a group run and don't don't really realize what it is because people in Flagstaff will take any opportunity to meet up and run together. Yeah. Um, I'm so, so I'm jealous. Kind of that's not that's not a South Alabama <laughs> yeah, tradition. Yeah, I can I can imagine that's kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> so but, how many um, how many diabetics have you met and run with to date? Um let's see. So there's a mom that's the runner. So I've run with her. And then there's another lady in town who's also a runner that I've met, but haven't run with. Um, and then there's, um, a a gal who is close to my age who actually was on the beyond type one marathon team who I guess lives in Flagstaff, but I've connected with her through mutual friends, but I haven't actually met up with her yet. So I'm hoping, um, and I I'm blanking on her name, so I can't even remember her name, but I'm hoping that we can meet up and, and share stories. I actually, um, have an old, friend from Boise State who was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes last year, same story, you know, as as you and me late onset. And so mm-hmm. we've been communicating quite a bit. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm going back to Boise um, in the spring and I go back and visit quite a bit. So I'm hoping, you know, to kind of spread awareness of running to her and others in, in Boise as well and, and maybe get them into it also. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll ask you a deep question, and I don't normally get okay. this thought-provoking on the Diabetic Ring podcast, but <laughs> okay. your, your your timeline is so synced up with mine. Yes. I still feel like way too often I think back on myself, and I'm like, what did I do to cause yeah. myself to get diagnosed with type 1? It, and oh, I, I know yeah. I didn't do anything, but I, I have to know, am I the only person that for some reason thinks back to two, three, four months before I was diagnosed and think like, what right. do I do? Like what? How me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's no one in my family that has type one. I've met like one Same. type one in my entire life, you know? And so I to this yeah. day, I still find myself daydreaming like, was it that run? Like, should I not have run a 50K <laughs> that I run myself into diabetes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I question it daily. Um, You know, and of course, there's those those research articles way out in the deep corners of the internet that say that you know, that there's a a relation between college athletes and type one diabetes, or there's a relation like you were saying on putting stress on, on your body and type one diabetes. So I would be lying if I didn't say it's crossed my mind that, you know, did, was it worth racing and running at that caliber for, you know, 10 years of my life to give me this now lifelong disease. And I was also very stressed out. Like I was saying, we had just bought a house and that summer before I was diagnosed, it was one of the most stressful summers of my life. And so I go back to thinking about that and thinking, well, should I have channeled my stress in a different way and I shouldn't have been so mental and, but you know, it's, it's yeah. so tough. You can't, it keeps you up at night. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry to ask. I know that's a deep no, question. It's okay. Mine was the same way. My, my dad had died, um, in October and I was like 240 something pounds. And yeah. it, I talk a lot about this in the intro to the podcast on episode one, but I, yeah, I was so stressed out. And so I was, mm-hmm. I found running in that time, you know, I had always run, but I had never run like an ultra marathon before. And so I signed up for one and I trained for it and ran it. And then, you know, four right. months later I get diagnosed with type one and it's like, God, did I cause this? Like did going right. from a bodybuilder almost, or like a gym rat to an ultra mm-hmm. marathon or runner did that, did I cause it? You know, and I, every doctor I've ever had was like, please don't think about that. Cause you didn't, right. you know, right. You're probably yeah. just within the statistical minority who was going to get it anyway, regardless of what right. you were doing, you know, and I still can't help but think about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely crosses my mind. But I can honestly say with all honesty, if if I knew that I would have 
would be diagnosed with type one diabetes back when I was, you know, applying to colleges or getting into the the racing career, I, it would, I would do it anyways, because I think that in the long run, you know, type having type wow. one definitely presents its challenges, but I think it's opened my eyes to quite a few things. And, um, I'm really, am quite thankful for it, which sounds crazy, even leaving my mouth, you know, cause yeah. it is such a challenging thing, but I, I really am thankful for it in a lot of different ways. It's, it's kind of caused me to slow down and fall back in love with running and meet a lot of amazing people. And so, you know, it's, it happened for a reason, I guess. <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> well, Taryn, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I'm going to, uh, that's my perfect way of segueing into the last section of the show, which is called tempo talk. And I'll shoot some <laughs> random questions at you. And if you've listened okay. to any, any of the other episodes, they won't be much different than that, but we'll get kind of your okay. take on some of our tempo talk questions. And then we'll release you to, I'm dating the podcast, but we'll release you to your Super Bowl Sunday. So <laughs> sounds good. Artificial sweetener or real sugar? Oh gosh. Started with artificial sweetener and yep. now getting away from it. Um, more into, more into real sugar now, um, just from research, but I'm, I'm sure as everyone you get diagnosed and it's like, okay, diet Coke, give me everything yeah. artificial, just trying to survive, but yeah, yeah more real sugar now. I mean, especially when you're first diagnosed, you just kind of want to avoid all the variables as much right. as you can, you know? So, cause everything's yes. up and down and right. uh, favorite pre-race meal night before. Oh my goodness. Um, it's always been pasta and not just, you know, like the healthy version of pasta, like a big, huge bowl of pasta. So that has changed to, I mean, I'm still sticking to my roots. Um, so more like lasagna, lower carb, but still Mm -hmm. pasta options. Favorite food you would eat a huge portion of if you were not a diabetic. I love Mexican food and Arizona (laughs) has really good Mexican food. Um, I've been lucky enough to find that it doesn't affect me too much if I stick to the corn, you know, tortillas and not the flour tortillas. But if I could eat a huge plate of it, it would just be Mexican food without even worrying about it. (laughs) But it sounds like you do that anyway. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I'm lucky that I'm it doesn't affect me too much. (laughs) But you would do it and you just wouldn't have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite diabetic running gear. And it's I I can't we talked a little bit about it earlier, but like favorite thing you if you had to, you would take with you in order to help you manage diabetes on a run? Um, I guess I would have to say the belts. I mean, I, I don't really, I haven't really found a favorite gear as far as the belts go, but, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a runner that runs with a ton of clothing. And as it gets warmer here, I hate having to rely on, you know, jackets or vests with pockets. So I would have to say whatever a diabetic running belt, one of the ones, um, that, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't move around. That would have to be my favorite. Yeah. Gear. I got one on, I got one on Amazon for like eight bucks worth it. Yeah. I think it's, all right, like, totally. it's called like an easy belt or something like that. Yeah. I think that's what mine is. Something yeah. similar to that. Something you wish everyone knew about type one diabetes. Um, I, you know, I just wish that people would educate a little bit, you know, and, and it's so hard for me to say this because I know I didn't when nope. I wasn't diagnosed. And, yeah. It's like kind of hypocritical, you know? to get angry at people because before I got diagnosed, I didn't know anything either. Right. But, but it is, it's tough, you know, um, especially, you know, people that know that you have it, um, you know, it's not that difficult to get on the internet and just find out the basic differences between type one and type two or, or figure out what a a daily life, um, as a type one diabetic is, because that is one thing I, I don't tend to talk about you know, my struggles very much out loud, but it's constantly, you know, it's a constant mental, mental game. So I guess I wish everybody could go through one day 
and, and just see what it takes, the discipline it takes and the thought process it takes and, you know, all of those things. I'm sure I'm not the only one that <laughs> wishes that, Yeah, but yeah, no, that's, that's an amazing <laughs> answer. Um, last question. So something you would say to someone who's about to send you a message online to join your type one run Flagstaff chapter, but they don't know, like they're on the fence and they, they're not a runner, but they're type one or, you know, yeah. maybe they used to be a runner and they just got diagnosed kind of like us. And what, what's your advice to them? Um, you know, I, I went into the chapter wanting to do this group, not actually because of the running um, idea of it, surprisingly enough. I, I just really would love to talk to other people and share war stories and, you know, laugh over the last thing we ate and how high we got. And so it would just be so nice to be out in beautiful Flagstaff nature and go on a walk or a run, but just more just be a part of a community. And even if they're not you know, type one, or they have questions about it, or they have a loved one and want to know about it, it would just be so nice to start a positive group where we can all get together and kind of vent. So I would just say, just if you have something to talk about, or you want to get together with with people like that have similar struggles, it would be a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And I personally, to anyone who's thinking about joining a chapter, especially Taryn's just do it. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you join the group, you go on one run and you hate it, then so be it. But I, right. <laughs> I just seriously doubt that's going to happen. You're going to go out there. You're going to fall in love with it. You're going to go to the yes. local running store and drop probably too much money on running gear and you're <laughs> going to get obsessed with it. So you are, it's yes, it's an obsession. <laughs> uh, and finally, where can, where can people follow you? Where's the best place to follow Taryn and her training and type one run? Um, I guess Instagram is really where I, I, use my Instagram outlet. I do have a Facebook page, the type run, um, Flagstaff chapter, mm-hmm. um, which you can find on the type run Instagram site. You can find the the link to that, but I, I post most of what I'm doing as far as type one diabetes and my training on my Instagram site. Yeah. And to everyone listening, yeah, wherever you are, whatever city you're in city you're in, you can either find type one runs, Facebook group, um, that specific city or, reach out to the headquarters and they will be more than happy to help you start your own group and to start collecting type ones together to run. So yeah. Yeah. Taryn, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're an inspiration. Oh, well, thanks, John. Enjoy your birthday. Yeah. Hey everybody, that wraps up my interview with Taryn. Once again, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show. It's the perfect way to make sure you get fresh episodes delivered straight to your phone every Monday. Also, make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Diabetic Running Podcast, or visit me at thediabeticrunningpodcast.com. If you think you or anyone you know would be a perfect interviewee for the show, make sure to reach out to me on any of those platforms and tell me a little bit about the story you think that we should share. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning into Episode 7 of The Diabetic Running Podcast. Till next week.